Hi, this is Pastor Josh from First Baptist to Queen. We've been going through our Wednesday night study through the book of Ephesians lately. And uh, this, uh, we're looking tonight at Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 14. But before we get there, we need to, to, to take a quick look back to kind of put this section in proper context. You see, Paul had been talking in Ephesians 5 about a person, about what a person's life looks like who is filled with the Spirit. That person is joyous, is thankful, and, and selflessly submissive for the sake of Christ. Then Paul proceeds to demonstrate how this Spirit-filled submission is demonstrated through wives and husbands. But Paul doesn't stop there. He continues this train of thought to other relationships, children to parents, parents to children, those working a job, those overseeing others doing a job, and, and then how believers, when engaged in spiritual battles, uh, are to uh, proceed through this life. Children, uh, parents, employees, and employers. Then Paul speaks to what each of these Holy Spirit-filled believers will experience in their day-to-day -day lives and how they stand strong for the Lord by putting on the whole armor of God. Now, these elements of the whole armor of God are often spoken of as relating to Roman armor, as Paul would have firsthand uh, uh, observations and, and a firsthand look at that armor, quite possibly seeing it on a daily basis as he was imprisoned. However, the armor imagery is throughout Scripture, particularly in Isaiah. Even being used in the exact same phrasing as here in Ephesians 6. For instance, a belt buckled around your waist, the belt of truth, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 55. Breastplate of righteousness, Isaiah 59, verse 17. Feet fitted, as with the gospel of peace, Isaiah 52, 7. Shield being used in strength, as it is in Ephesians 6, with the, the shield of faith from Isaiah 21, 5. The helmet of salvation, Isaiah 59, 17, again. Uh, and the sword, the sword as the word, uh, Isaiah 49, verse uh, two. So, whether or not Paul was referencing these scriptures or was using the imagery of a Roman soldier, or what I tend to believe is he was actually doing both, as scripture often does, uh, I believe Paul was both referencing all of those um, uh, uh, scriptures from Isaiah as well as the Roman armor of the, arm of the officer most likely sitting next to him uh, as he is in prison. The issue, though, is that the power that is within the armor, uh, that which the Lord has equipped his followers through the filling of his spirit. The power is the Lord's, and that is through which uh, the armor has any kind of power. And so let's look at it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 14. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. It would seem, generally speaking, that Paul lists the items of the armor in the order in which they would have been put on in a real-world scenario. The belt would have been put on uh, after the regular garments were put on, such as a robe or you know things like that, just regular clothes. It says he fastened them. That means to prepare, to gird the idea is to pull up any flowing parts of the regular underclothes and then tuck them into the belt. 
The soldier was to fasten the belt, securing the regular clothes so that they would not get in the way during a battle, whether he had to run or maneuver quickly. So also then using truth as the belt tells us that truth is supposed to secure us while we are in the throes of battle. The truth keeps us held together when the enemy would do anything to get us to fall apart. And keep in mind that Paul, speaking of truth, is not simply talking about a fact that is true. But when Paul speaks of truth, capital T, truth, he is meaning the truth of the gospel. Because for Paul, everything was about the gospel. Now, after the belt of truth comes the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate protected all the vital organs, preventing severe and debilitating injury. The breastplate offered protection when a blow happened to get in close enough to effectively harm. Righteousness throughout Paul's writings is used most often, uh, probably every single time, maybe an exception here or there, but every time that comes to my mind, uh, righteousness throughout his writings are used to refer to salvation and how a saved person is then supposed to act. So then the lifestyle of a follower of Jesus who is obedient throughout every avenue of life will find protection for their most vital organs. The follower of Jesus will then put on the shoes, which will provide firm footing from which to fulfill the often repeated throughout this passage statement, stand firm. The shoes will prevent slipping or tripping and will enable the wearer to stand with confidence, knowing that no matter what comes, your feet will not move for lack of quality footwear. And the very thing to provide such a firm stance is the peace-giving gospel. The gospel gives peace to one's mind and heart throughout whatever battle rages. The gospel makes ready and prepares the individual for the chaos, the confusion, anxiety, and fear of whatever spiritual battle comes their way. One who has the gospel firmly established in his heart has pre-established peace, come what may. Look at verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can distinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. At every opportunity, the shield of faith is meant to be held up, protecting the follower of Jesus. There should never be any circumstance into which a believer is to go without faith firmly held on to. Faith guards, faith protects, faith prevents strategic and unexpected attacks from undermining God's purpose in placing you where you are. Because the enemy will lob flaming arrows indiscriminately and without mercy in the direction of anyone standing for the Lord. Some shields in ancient warfare were wooden, coated in leather, and then they would soak it in water to protect and extinguish any potential threat of flaming arrows that might be coming. Flaming arrows could wound with their initial puncture and then with the burning fire. They would cause sudden difficulty with the initial puncture but then would cause further pain, lasting pain beyond the immediate strike because of the fire. Faith can protect us from the enemy's attack as he seeks to both wound us now and cause lasting damage in order to stunt our kingdom effectiveness. Verse 17. 
Paul tells us to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet for the soldier offered the ultimate protection of the head, which is the very thing that salvation does. Salvation is our protection and eternal security protecting us from the death blow. We cannot be mortally wounded because the helmet protects us from ultimate death. For just as a soldier would never dream of stepping onto the battlefield without head protection, so also a follower of Jesus would never dream of stepping out into this world without our salvation. We always have it with us, so we must wear it, utilizing its powerful ultimate protection. Then finally, we're to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the sword being the only offensive weapon. Similarly, the Word of God, Scripture, is the only offensive weapon that we can wield ourselves against the onslaught of the enemy. Jesus demonstrated its use and effectiveness in battle when Satan came to tempt him in Matthew 4, 1-11. Each time the enemy came against the Lord, Jesus drove him back with Scripture. Even when the enemy came with Scripture himself that he had taken out of context to use maliciously, Jesus struck back with properly understood and applied Scripture. In order to be wielded with such effectiveness, Scripture must first be known, studied, and even memorized. If it is not known, it will not be at our disposal when we are in need of it. And Scripture's power is unmatched to defeat the enemy and do the will of the Lord. In Hebrews 4.12, the author of Hebrews writes, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. In Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, it says, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. We can have all the pieces of the armor in place. But if we have neglected the word of God, the sword, we will find ourselves beaten down under the relentless attacks of the enemy. So secure each piece of the armor of God before stepping out into the world. That is from the moment you wake on through the moment you fall asleep. And train, train with the word so that when the enemy attacks, you will be equipped and prepared to drive him back and win the day. Thank you for checking out, listening to uh, this study as we are continuing to go through the book of Ephesians, this being Ephesians chapter 6, verses 4 through 17, the armor of God. And next week, in the next session of Ephesians, we will finish out this book before we move on to, to, to the further uh, uh, writings of Paul, the Word of God. But thank you for being with us today. And I will uh, catch you in the next one.